I'm John Heater, and you're watching Below the Bell. Nice. <laughs> Can you do one in your um, Napoleon voice? Oh, that kind of was. Uh, I'm John Heater, and you're watching Below the Bell, some flipping retarded show or something like that. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the bad boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. So, aka Celebrity Soda, your host with the most here for your weekly pleasure. And uh, let's go ahead and introduce the rest of the panel, which is only one other person. A big panel. It's a big panel tonight. Nonetheless, he is the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker, the one and only Chachi McFly. Feels great to be back here once again after a long, long, long weekend. A long weekend at Awesome Con, which uh, we'll, we will be discussing uh, shortly. But um, we were supposed to have BTB OG Chunk Shady along with a, a special surprise um, uh, guest. And for whatever reason, Lightning did strike twice. And both of them have um, decided um, they had other issues to deal with. Um, but nonetheless, It's a two-man panel on BTV. This is where it all begins, Chachi. That's all we need. That is all we need. This is the Not only the OGs, but the MVPs of BTV. Hey, that that rhymed. (laughs) Uh, Kind of, I guess. A little bit, a little bit. But really quick, before we get into everything else, um, despite the two-man show, this is where BTV began. Um, and uh, next week, we're actually going to be celebrating Chachi's anniversary on the show. Um, Way too long. Yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> that started on air uh, sports. Uh, so we're going to try to assemble um, some OGs and a crazy panel uh, for next week. Um, uh, are we? Uh, can we say how many years? <laughs> uh, we will. We will next week. We will next week. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, we have an incredible guest tonight, though. Um, he's a two-time Below the Belt show. He's a true superstar in the world of entertainment. He's on Star's new show called Heel, starring Stephen Amell. It's all about pro wrestling, an independent wrestling league in Georgia, and the drama that goes with it with the brothers that kind of co-own the promotion that they inherited from their father. And actor, that's right, 
Alan Maldonado, who plays Rooster Robbins, one of the wrestlers on uh, Heels, will be on Below the Belt show. I'm curious to see what kind of training regimen he went through, because from the first two episodes that I saw, he was doing drop kicks. He was he was selling uh, flying elbows. Um, curious uh, who trained him. Curious who his stunt double was. Working with um, Stephen Amell. Uh, and the rest of the cast, working with CM Punk, who's actually going to be in episode three of Heels, oh, which wow. um, which drops on Stars this Sunday. So it's uh, an incredible guest. He's also on the last OG. It's drop kicks on Sunday. Wow. Drop kicks on Sunday. Yes. There we go. There we go. And of course, he's also on the last OG with Tracy Morgan. He's on two big shows, um, and that uh, season four of the last OG will be coming up also he'll be recurring on the wonder years um is it a reboot i mean it's kind of loosely tied into the original show i guess because fred savage is uh producing but the i guess the wonder years reboot show um he'll also be in the house party uh reboot movie i don't know i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i know there's a lot of your favorite franchises chachi but uh, it's gonna be two hard things to reboot so we'll see how it goes we'll we'll, we'll talk to alan all about that yeah yeah so but without further ado uh let's talk about first of all our experience at awesome con so awesome con um wow so it's first of all it's good to be back at the cons it felt good it's the first time in like a year and a half that we've been to a con yes yes it's a long time we used to go all the time it's a it's a long time and things were a little different um yeah. washington well, dc had the titan restrictions <laughs> yeah sorry yeah. um and brought the mask back so everyone had to be masked um photo ops with your favorite celebrity uh sadly had to be separated by a plexiglass um shield yeah that was um, very weird for me i you guess had to take off your mask during the photo op yeah yeah, I didn't. I didn't get any professional photo ops. You know, I saw how the pictures looked with the plexiglass. I didn't really like yeah. how they looked. I understand why they did it, but you know, as a fan, you know, it's like you want to be right next to these um, celebrities, right next to your favorite stars. You want your, you know, arm around them. Like you don't right. want to be like pretty much in a separate mini room, you know, divided by a plexiglass. Right. Right. I mean, the whole point of getting um, a photo op with your favorite celebrity is to be in the photo with them. So are you technically with them when you're separated by a wall of plexiglass, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. but I mean, I guess if you had the option of not having the con and having plexiglass, you know, they chose correctly. So people are trying to make do now. It's a different world. Yeah. Like, um, you know, Jasmine Guy is a different world. (laughs) That's a Dated reference, maybe. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if everyone will get that reference, but uh, well, look it up. Cool. Yep. Everybody has Google, okay? Yeah, I know. Let's <laughs> we'll talk about some of the, the amazing everybody. stuff that happened at AwesomeCon. We got a um, we got a Back to the Future reunion, Chachi, with um, Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox. Um, they were signing autographs and greeting the fans, taking photos with professional photo ops, and in addition. We got to check out on Sunday um, an amazing panel where um, both Michael J. Fox and um, Chris Lloyd reminisced about Back to the Future, fielded questions from the moderator regarding Back to the Future. 
After a few of my questions, obviously the Back to the Future 4 movie was a, a common question that they've had. Um, but um, they actually uh, both agreed that it probably wasn't uh, a good idea because it, good. it is a trilogy. Um, it is right. a a story that, you know, that pretty much has been written for three films um, and concludes with part three. Um, however, they did say something about um, integrating themselves with Rick and Morty, that they would probably uh, be happy maybe to provide voices for like a Rick and Morty film or maybe a special episode, um, which I thought was kind of cool. So they're aware of. Uh, oh, yeah, as a new fan uh, of Rick and Morty, I was happy to hear that. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, certainly, um, you know, I, I think they, they'd both be able to do a voiceover work, right? Do you think Michael J. Fox could still do uh, still handle the voiceover work? Or do you feel that maybe yeah. that, that should be handled by someone else? No, it would be handled by him. I mean, I know it's hard for him to speak a lot of times. But I right. think, you know, if they're recording it, you know, for a cartoon, they can get the best clips out of what he says. Right. So I think that could definitely work. You know, it's not like... Yeah. I don't think he could do live action anymore, you know, uh, for someone not for a character that doesn't have Parkinson's. I don't think he could do that. But I think for a voiceover, he, he could do back, it. Short. However, he did appear in um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. But he appeared with somebody else with Parkinson's. Right. Right. Like I'm saying, so. like he couldn't do Back to the Future Part Four and have him play himself. He'd be somebody with Parkinson's, you know, and. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, it's that's why people always want more, more, more. They're they're greedy. They're so fucking greedy. They want they're like Luddens. They can't stop. Give me more. Give me more. Back to the Future. Give me more Goonies. Give me more. <laughs> like sometimes right. stuff is good the way it is. It doesn't need to be, you know, forty five parts. You know, it doesn't need to be yeah. like Fast and Furious where you can like, you know, basically they're just putting out shit now, you know, because they're just making money off of it. No, some stuff still has integrity. Like you know, you got three parts. You know, they were great. You know, like. And that, that's it. You know, you get cartoons and comic books and stuff like that, that if you want to go and, like, look at those. But the movies are over. You don't need the reboot, get everything done again. I loved it. I need more. I need more. Because it's never going to be as good as it was. Like, there's no way you can make a part, Back to the Future part four and it's ever going to top any of the original three. Right. Like Goonies 2 can never top Goonies 1. So why even do it at this point, you know? Yeah, I certainly agree with that. But um, some other great things that we did, some great interviews. So before that, Michael J. Fox, I mean, it's real okay. emotional. Michael J. Fox got choked up like towards the end and was, you know, thanking the fans and was saying like how this was like, you know, some rough recent years. And he just, you know, really thanked the fans for sticking by him and like him and um, Christopher Lloyd were talking and like, you know, Michael J. Fox was telling Christopher Lloyd how much he meant to him, you know, like apparently, you know, they were, you know, good friends on the um, set when they filmed, but it was ne- it's nowhere near to what they are now. I and mean, we got to figure Michael J. Fox was like a kid when he filmed Back to the Future. So, you know, now they're both adults. You know, they've been through a lot of stuff, you know, like decades have passed. You know, they're much closer now than ever have been. And Michael J. Fox thanked Christopher Lloyd for always supporting him and supporting his um, foundation, you know, the Fox Foundation. Like, it was, you know, really um, emotional seeing it. And it was just great to see them up on stage again because, like, you know, you know, Christopher Lloyd is, you know, really up there in age. Michael J. Fox has his health issues. You know, you never know, like, how many more times they're going to get to be together like that on stage. So it was definitely great for you and I to be there and kind of, like, you know, be a part of, like, you know, almost this moment of history that we get to see them um, talking live. Because they don't do this very often. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, since we're celebrating the um, the Chachi uh, anniversary next week, um, I was gonna play one of your feature interviews this week, but we'll save that for next week. Okay. Um, we're gonna we're gonna present some exclusive Awesome Con uh, interviews on Below the Belt show. Um, we're gonna rep- we're gonna actually present an interview that Chachi did with the um, representative of the Fox Foundation. Um, uh, and uh, this representative actually um, has a DeLorean that they that they built uh, as a Back to the Future DeLorean replica, replica and raised money um, at different conventions for fans to take pictures with the, the DeLorean. And it, all, and it goes, uh, portions of uh, the proceeds go to the Fox Foundation, which is uh, Michael J. Fox's uh, foundation for uh, Parkinson's, right? Yep, that's right. Yeah, so we're actually going to hear your exclusive interview with the Fox Foundation representative, as well as one of the interviews from Awesome Con. It was my first interview with actor Wes Johnson. Wes Johnson, um, he's, he's, gosh, he is a DC icon. He's the voice of the Washington Capitals. He is um, a voiceover. So you mean actor. actual DC, not like DC Comics. Right, exactly. Okay. You gotta distinguish that with the Comic Con. Yes, yes, the Washington DC icon, voice of the Washington Capitals, and of course he's a voiceover artist for many of your favorite video games, and he got a um, he got a day player role in uh, the upcoming Netflix film called Don't Look Up, which stars Leonardo DiCaprio. Meryl Streep, Jennifer Lawrence. This is a big, big movie that um, that actually shot in D.C. I actually did some work on it as well, which when I'm ready to talk about it, I will talk about what I did. But but um, it was great because Wes talks so candidly um, about the film. Um, a little bit of the film is out there. It's kind of like a post-apocalyptic. You know, there's uh, an asteroid about to hit the Earth. And uh, he plays one of the don't look uppers because they're basically denying that this catastrophe is going to happen and wipe out Earth. Um, and then you have the other side of the coin, which um, believes that this asteroid is going to hit the Earth and we got to do something about it. We have to escape. Do what you got to do. They are the please look uppers. Uh, so it's a little bit of a, uh, some satire, I guess, tied into. Yeah, it sounds like um, COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess a, a lot of people have opposite opinions on COVID as well. Right. So Wes Johnson and um, Chachi's interview with the Fox Foundation um, rep um, on tonight's uh, BTB. Um, but um, in addition, we also have upcoming interviews that Chachi conducted with Tom Cook. Um, if you're a kid of the '80s, um, you might know um, some of Tom's work from Super Friends. From Masters of the Universe, He-Man, She-Ra, the Smurfs. Um, like if you so, had eyeballs in the 80s, you know his work. <laughs> right, right. Like he was over everything, every cartoon. Yep. So that's upcoming as well. As well as a great interview that I conducted with actor John Morton, who plays Dak in Empire Strikes Back. He also uh, was a stand-in or body double for Jeremy Bullock as Boba Fett in one scene in um, Empire Strikes Back as well. So he's kind of credited as two different characters 
in a single movie, which is pretty pretty amazing, actually. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, so really cool. And, uh, of course, great cosplay. We talked to professional cosplayer Joe Colton. I mean, just some incredible cosplay. It was just great to see the cosplays back, wasn't it, Chachi? Oh, yeah, so many um, great um, cosplays, um, especially the sexy um, girls in cosplay, which we love. There was a lot. There was a there was a Starfire that caught my attention. There was a the Princess Slave Leia, which uh, is an iconic costume. Which I think Disney's trying. I well, yeah. Can we call it the slave costume now? How do you like? They canceled the Slave One um, ship. The name of the Boba Boba Fett ship was called Slave One. So now they're calling a Boba Fett starship. So now okay, what so are they, what it's are they the starship name? the starship Leia? It's Starship Leia. Well, I mean, I don't know if that I mean I would uh maybe Jabba's prisoner. Jabba's yeah, prisoner. Starship is Starship Leia. That's what you call slaves in Star Wars lore, right? No, no, no. I think it's sure? referred to the the actual vehicle is a spaceship, a boat. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but great cosplay, Chachi, and then that, of course that's I mean, that's also, it was just, again, great to have the cons back. Um, and uh, we were there for two days. Um, we had uh, a great time. Yeah, it was, it was good to um, to stay locally in D.C., check out a couple of hot spots, um, and um, get pretty lit because, goddammit, yeah. when I've had a long day, definitely have to uh, consume uh, some alcohol. And, of course, we have to thank Miss Elena Moscat of Click On This Show, the producer of Click On This Show. Um, who produced um, our uh, co-branded segment uh, for Awesome Con with Below the Belt Show and Click on This, Joining Forces, of course. And my fellow Filipino brother, uh, Dexter Delphin, <laughs> who uh, is an amazing, amazing videographer and editor. I already got a sneak peek, Chachi. I don't know if you saw it yet, but I'll send it to you if you haven't. No. The video looks phenomenal. I mean, I'm talking just this guy is incredible. He's always good. Yeah, incredible and, what he does man and, and very nice guy too yeah good people man so dexter thank you so much um for doing great uh work covering our interviews for um click on the show and below the belt show at awesome con all right let's get everything in the world of entertainment so yeah what the heck right here we go yeah, get on it hollywood report that's hot that's bananas that's off the chain Yes, Benji and Joel, Marilyn's own. Good Charlotte, Hollywood news team. All right, let's talk about the box office. Can you believe it? Um, I think, Chachi, last week you alluded to it's hard to stay number one at the box office because new movies are coming up. It is but hard, th- yes. This was not the case for Free Guy. Free Guy, the number one movie for the second week in a row. That's very surprising. Pulled in an additional $18.8 million in its sophomore weekend. Um, and, um, still no more, despite a couple newbies, uh, including Paw Patrol, the movie, Chacha, I know you're ready for your Paw Patrol, the movie review. So hit me with it. Well, Paw Patrol was very good. Um, no, I thought Paw Patrol was canceled. <laughs> wasn't it well, canceled? Apparently it wasn't canceled at the box office. Oh, remember been. it was canceled for a while? I, you know, that I think there was just that, yeah, that was just like, oh, 
way over the top. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, we had one of the puppies in Paw Patrol was dressed as a police officer, and because police were getting a bad rap because of the whole George Floyd incident, they wanted to uh, they wanted to cancel a police character, you know. Um, I just so, now we're so they didn't like beat a black dog in the movie or anything. <laughs> That's really bad, man. I don't know if I can keep that on the show. Why? I mean, I don't, I don't agree with it. I'm saying, like, it was it'd definitely be wrong, and, you know, then they would cancel the movie over that. Right? All right. I'm going to, I'm not even going to comment. <laughs> Just... I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not supporting that. Just, I, you know, I get it. I get it. Yeah. But just, I, That's yeah. the kind of stuff they would cancel the movie over. It is it, her, it, it's just, yeah, it's crazy, man. Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Jungle Cruise, Don't Breathe 2, and Respect. Rounding up the top five in the third, fourth, and fifth place. Um, and uh, what can we see coming up, Chachi, in the movie? So, Adam's Family 2 will release in theaters and on demand in the U.S. on the same day. Um, that's going to... Uh, two. Adam's Family 2. That's right. An animated film. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because there was an Adam Adam's Family animated film. Wow. Um, so... Yeah, so this one is going to have a simultaneous on-demand um, drop and theater drop on October 1st. So um, look out for that one. Um, and of course, this Christmas, Chachi, and we have a trailer uh, that we just saw. And we're very uh, happy uh, to see the new Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Um, wow, it was amazing. Um, everybody knows that Peter Parker is spider-man so it's all about uh, i guess one one act of the movie is enlisting dr strange to help um spider-man try to cast a spell on everybody so they forget who spider-man's true identity is which is peter parker and he insists he still wanted to have a few key friends and family know who he was but um you know, it, it seems like a, a nice buddy, um, buddy movie because uh, in the second Spider-Man movie, Far From Home, it was like Iron Man. It was right. kind of like a now that he's gone, supporting character. Now that he's gone, right. Doctor Strange is kind of filling that role. And this buddy superhero movie, um, and of course, at the end of the trailer, gosh, we saw <laughs> Alfred Molina, uh, who plays Doctor Octopus. Um, which is hinting, of course, at the multiverse. As you know, he played Dr. Octopus in the Tobey Maguire films, right? So um, I guess, yeah. I mean, the, of course, we already had confirmed that Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro. Um, he wasn't in the trailer, um, but not to, not confirmed yet are the Tom Holland. I'm sorry. Not confirmed yet is Tobey Maguire. And Andrew Garfield, the previous two Spider-Men, which also they're rumored to rumored to uh, also be in this film. So um, that's pretty cool. I'm sure it's going to be really short if they're in it. Right. I, I think mean, I they are going to be sure. in it. There were sure rumors they were on yeah. set. They saw stand-ins on set, so right. they'll be in it. But it's going to be really short. I think. I like, you know, probably you know just a short cameo. Yeah. I, I feel so too. I feel the same way too. And I think that's why they haven't been seen on set because maybe they're using the stand-ins to the action sequences and then maybe they might do their stuff on a green screen, you know, um, to try to keep that a secret. That's my, that's my theory on it. I don't know, but we'll yeah. see. Um, 
But actually, the 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 Spider-Man um, No Way Home trailer was actually uh, leaked a day early, um, and it wasn't supposed to a uh, drop. Um, and uh, it was taken down immediately and um, slapped with a copyright statement for those that had uploaded it. Um, but nonetheless, we got to see it anyway. So, you think that was scripted? <laughs> you know as, what? As Flex would say. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very possible. You know, plus you know Tom Holland's notorious for dropping spoilers too. Yeah. You know, maybe they could even say that Tom Holland, you know, actually accidentally posted the trailer early. You know, when he was, wasn't supposed to, but uh, because like one day early, like yeah, like how much damage would that cause? You yeah, know, that much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's still gonna be over the trailers in the movie theater, so yeah. it's not too big of a deal. Yeah. And um, this trailer also dropped for um, another Marvel movie, but not didn't create as much buzz as Spider-Man. It's the Eternals' second trailer, and we got to see uh, close-ups of all the characters, Chachi, which is really exciting. Kit Harrington playing Dane Whitman, uh, Leah McHugh playing Sprite, Brian Tyree Henry playing Fastos, Lauren Ridloff, you might know her from Walking Dead as Connie, playing Makari, <clears throat> Salma Hayek playing Ajax. Gemma Chan is Cersei, not to be confused with the Cersei for Game of Thrones. Richard Madden is Icarus. And the beautiful Angelina Jolie. Got to see her in the trailer as well. So um Yeah, I'm not familiar with any of the um comics or anything and like I Yeah. You know, I saw the trailer, it looked okay, nothing I'm really excited Just okay about. You? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's got a hell good. of a cast though. It's got a hell it of a does, cast. It does, but I mean we're we're talking a Stark Brothers reunion. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I think that, you know, that, that kind of star power is going to get eyes on it nonetheless. Um, so Black Panther Wakanda Forever is shooting in production. Um, Letitia Wright's uh, su- sustained some minor injuries uh, performing a stunt. Um, they're currently shooting in Boston. I'm sure that's one of many locations um, where Letitia was taken to a nearby hos- hospital, treated for an unspecified injury. And the release date for Wakanda Forever, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, is July 8, 2022. Um, as you know, T'Challa, played by Ch- the late, great Chadwick Boseman, um, will not be recast. Um, you uh, may see some digital um, digital um, Chadwick Boseman uh, in the second film, um, which I'm sure got approval from his estate. <clears throat> Um, but, uh, obviously, I mean, there's, I, I don't want to speculate rumors, but yes, there is rumors that, that, uh, his, his, his character will, uh, be, um, um, it's just, uh, I guess they're just written off in a way that they can logically continue. So, um, yeah, but I don't see them killing him. Do you, or like, like, uh, you know, if it's approved from the estate, they, you know, you know, whoever handles his decisions, then um, they can go with it. You know? Yeah, but I don't, I don't see them using like a, a villain killing him or whatever. Yeah, maybe he. It will, will be through something else. I think. Yeah, maybe he might die of an illness, you know, yes. on the movie or something. But I don't see like them using his death to put over like a new villain or anything. Like. Yeah. I think people might get upset, you know. Believe it or not. It. People get upset about stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I, I know. They might get upset about that. Yeah, they have to tread very carefully on that. It's kind of like with um, Fast and Furious, you know, when they um, you know, had the death of um, 
what's his face? Um, oh, Paul, Paul Walker. Walker. Yeah. yeah, like like they, they decided to have his brother, and they used some um, footage, for, you know, because he shot some footage, and then also some footage of his brother, and I think some digital as well. So they did a combination of stuff to make it work. Right, he kind of just rode off in the sunset, right? Yeah, they kind of just showed him at the beach, which was actually his brother carrying the baby, and and that he kind of retired from. Yeah. Being a part of the family, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay, um, positive news for Shang-Chi, Legends of the Ten Rings. Uh, critics are calling the movie a triumph, wow. a, groundbreak, a groundbreaking step of representation, a fiercely Asian-American superhero film. Um, so I guess they're, yeah, I mean, um, let's see. From reviews stating that's a mostly decent Marvel movie, Void by a crisp kinetic action and the Marvel Cinematic Universe's best villain yet. So I said mostly decent, maybe? This this particular reviewer. Yeah, that's not a great phrase. A mostly decent Marvel movie. Um, Another reviewer said... You just had sex with a girl, like, oh, how'd I do? Oh, you're you're mostly decent. Yeah, that's not a big, not a big I mean, maybe if it had a mostly decent, you know, that maybe wasn't, you know, a 10, but, you know, sometimes I'll say mostly decent. You know? <laughs> so sometimes mostly, that analogy. Yeah, mostly decent is like, you know, yeah. like a, a four or a three or something. Yeah, you know? right. I mean, I, I've been down that road. <laughs> Even like, you say like mostly amazing, I'd be like, okay, well, that's pretty good. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, reviewers said that it deserves credit as a groundbreaking step of representation. And, uh, well, there's, there's been mega budget filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. Another big event was called CinemaCon, where um, a lot of executives uh, got to see some, and, and people in, in the industry, industry professionals, got the a chance to see some sneak peek footage uh, of upcoming films that are going to be released. Um, that that most of us will not be able to see quite yet until the, the trailer drops. But um, uh, one includes the the upcoming Batman movie, the Batman with Robert Pattinson. So um, another one includes um, the upcoming um, Matrix Resurrections film as well. Um, basically, the CinemaCon is to reassure theater owners that. Um, that they're still very much in the theatrical movie business. So these are, are all movies that are going to have theatrical releases. Um, uh-huh. Sopranos, The Many Saints of Newark, which is the right the yeah. prequel. Yeah. Um, King Richard starring uh, Kevin Smith, um, several other films. Um, Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife. I'm excited well. for that. Yes, I'm hoping that um, not get uh, postponed again. Good reviews, Chachi. They're saying a perfect blend of classic Ghostbusters moments with a unique and, and fresh twist. Um, and it's Reitman's love letter to his father and daughter. Okay, that sounds way more um, way more enthusiastic than uh, mostly decent. Okay. Um, uh, the sequel that I've been waiting for all my life to see, one reviewer. Um, There's the um, that. yeah. that's, now that's It is review. nostalgia done right, a perfect blend of classic Ghostbusters perfect moments blend. Yes. with a fresh, unique twist for a whole new generation to enjoy. I got goosebumps. And I got goosebumps. See, that's how yeah, you, you like that, huh? It's not mostly Are, decent. You're going to like this. Yes. Ghostbusters Afterlife was not expected 
Okay. Wow. Was not expecting how heartfelt it is. Okay. Heartfelt. There you go. See, okay. there you go. It has a very childlike Spielberg vibe to it. And Jason Reitman is extremely loyal to the original. That is, that what, is, yeah, that's what, we want. That that's is what, what we want. That is what you want to hear, yeah. dude. There you go. Yep. So, um, and this other big movie that we're looking forward to is Bullet Train with Brad Pitt, directed by Atomic Blondes, David Leitch. Um, first ever footage was dropped uh, for that one. Big action movie, Sandra Bullock. Bad Bunny is in it as well. Remember Bad Bunny was a part of WrestleMania. Um, And the first movie that Sandra Bullock and and Brad Pitt have appeared in together, which I find hard to believe, April of 2022. You can check that out as well. It's not too hard to believe. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, because they're kind of like um, the darlings of like the the mid to late 90s, you know. Um, You figure they would have their paths would have crossed, you know, at some point. She hasn't did that much in the past, you know, 20 years. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's still pretty fairly active, I'd say. Um, there's a trailer just dropped out, um, which is kind of semi-fictional but semi-biographical at the same time, called "When I'm a Moth," which is about the time Hillary Clinton spent in Alaska in 1969. When I'm a moth. When I'm a moth, yeah. So she was, she was actually a moth at some point. This is biographical. Well. Uh, I don't know. It's it, the trailer opens. You don't, you don't know if she was a moth or not. Okay. It, it follows. The, the, what follows is a work of fiction. Um, and it talks about the United States political systems. Um, I, you know, I don't really know the ties of the title to it. Um, and it's an indie drama. Um, Addison Timlin is gorgeous. Um, she's playing young Hillary. She was uh, naked a lot in Californication uh, one season. But um, anyways. <laughs> well, she's gorgeous. That's a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Right? Actually, <laughs> have you seen younger Hillary Clinton? I have. Yes. It's still a stretch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she, she definitely got lucky with, with, with young Bill. Okay. The young Bill was more of a looker. He was more of a stud. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he, he got he got all the interns he wanted, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Films of production includes... Um, a sci-fi film called Biosphere with Sterling K. Brown of This Is Us and Mark Duplass, uh, produced by the Duplass Brothers production. Did they already have uh, that with, um, like, um, Polly Shore? Was that a Biosphere. <laughs> Did they have what? another Biosphere? Yeah. Was that a Polly Shore movie? I think so. I'm not sure. Was it Biosphere or Bio something else? I think uh, now I'm going to look it up. Shit. Yeah, now you got to look it up, but... Um, yeah, not much on on um on this film, but it's a mysterious film that marks um, Mel Island's directorial debut. So this is, uh, I guess, a new, fairly new director. That's uh, I mean, I guess this is his first feature film. Oh no, wait, that was Biodome. That's yeah, I thought it was. I didn't think it was the same. Nineteen ninety six Biodome. Okay. <laughs> Baldwin. Yeah, I don't. Totally different it, movie. I don't think those movies are linked in any way. <laughs> I don't know. It'd be cool if they were, but I don't think they yeah. are. So Robert Kirkman, Kirkman's already uh, been proven as a prolific writer in comic books, and a lot of his adaptations have done so well. The Walking Dead, Invincible, his latest one is Oblivion Song. So it's a comic uh, book series uh, released by Image Comics about a man named Nathan Cole who makes daily trips to rescue those living in the apocalyptic hellscape known as Oblivion, a part of Philadelphia 
lost a decade earlier with 300,000 uh, citizens. Yeah, I think I drove that part of Philadelphia before. You've been to that part of Philadelphia? Yeah. <laughs> of Philadelphia? Yeah, trying to, trying to get to um, Pat's cheese sticks. Right. Yeah. So my guess is that this portion of Philadelphia breaks off from the mainland United States and kind of becomes lost in somewhere. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't read the, the book yet, but um, they're going to make a film out, film adaptation of it. So that's something to look forward to. Um, he's a great writer, man. Oh, yeah. That's great. Um, so they're going to do a buddy cop movie with Dave Bautista and Jason Momoa. All right. Drax and Aquaman. <laughs> DC and Marvel. But uh, apparently the, the project is off to the races. Uh, Jason Momoa appeared on James Corden uh, show. Um, and he talks working with Bautista on both Dune, the upcoming Dune movie we're looking forward to, and also his series C on Apple. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I didn't know that Dave Batista was also in the, the Apple series C, but that's cool. Well, nobody knew that. I nobody, didn't know. Nobody, nobody watches, watches the Apple series. No, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, except watch um, Servant. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Cynthia Reaver will star and executive produce Steel, a 70s drama set in London about a fiercely ambitious arms dealer. Okay, and of course you can see Cynthia Revo and genius Aretha Franklin. Um, she plays Madeline Crow, a self-made woman who seizes control of her own destiny in a high-octane and dangerous profession dom- dominated by her male colleagues of, as an arms dealer. So, a female arms dealer. There you go. Um, so, we know about the She Said movie, um, that are, which is a, uh, about the New York Times reporters uncovering the abuse allegations uh, of Harvey Weinstein and joining the cast is Samantha Morton, who is alpha in the walking dead. She'll be joining uh, Carrie Mulligan and Zoe Kazan, um, which uh, is a biopic about the expose, which helped, I guess, uh, usher in the me too movement. I hate when they have biopics like that soon after it happened. Like stuff it just happened. Like I, you think you, you think it needs a little bit of time. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I hate when they have like these, such recent biopics yeah i i don't know i mean the one with margot robbie with the the, the fox uh about the fox reporters and then megan uh, too yeah megan kelly i you know i i think it was a, is a compelling story to watch and i don't think um producing that movie a little later would have benefited more in my opinion i, I didn't think so yeah um, um give any um news is that boring <laughs> <laughs> Well, in that case, let's move on to television. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Okay. Yes, boring movies coming out for me. Yeah, I know. I know. But one note about um, the upcoming Toronto Film Festival. You have to be fully uh, vaccinated against COVID-19 or show a COVID negative test within 48 hours of the upcoming Toronto Film Festival. It's one of the better film festivals. So they're kind of... Uh, uh, following suit of what Sundance is going to do in, in uh, January, they're going to um, uh, require the same thing as well. All right. Over on Disney Plus, the Ironheart series um, is one of the series in production, which is about um, Riri Williams. She's kind of like a protege of um, Tony Stark. And she becomes um, she takes over that mantle of Iron Man. Um, so um, oh, that series is. Oh. <laughs> that series is she's a genius she's just like tony stark she she tended mit builds her own suit by reverse engineering tony stark's iron 
Batman suit design. So yeah, they're trying to say that she's smarter than Tony Stark. I'm like, are you? Like, like yeah. you um copied his shit. So are you smarter? <laughs> like you know, like you didn't invent something that was totally new and that nobody has seen before. You basically just like yeah. redid what Tony Stark did. So I don't know if you're well, really smarter than him. Well, Dominic Thor will be playing Riri Williams, and her character of Riri will actually debut in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. So we're going to see it in Black Panther 2 first, and then she's going to get her own series. So she'll be introduced then. Also, genius ever saw called Riri. Yes. My life. Um, Armor Wars. um, This is the uh, series with Don Cheadle as War Machine. He's getting his own series on Disney Plus. They just tapped a head writer, Yasir Lester. Um, And yeah, he'll be writing. um this series which will center on tony stark's worst nightmare when his technology falls into the wrong hands um so i guess it's about you know uh don Cheadle as war machine trying to prevent um the said villain from taking advantage of said technology uh the tony stark held near and dear to his heart <laughs> so that could be uh, more interesting yeah that could a little more than the iron heart Yes, Riri, yes. Williams. Okay. Yeah, Riri, yeah. <laughs> um, the third episode of What If? Um, what if the adventures never happened? So, um, basically, um, yeah. So it's showing show about um, Disney being bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> is that what, is that what this is about? Well, I, I'm guessing the, the, the members of the Avengers never assembled the, the team they are. Um, oh, okay. okay. How how would that change things? So that's episode three. We can check on Disney Plus. All right, moving on to Netflix. So Beverly Hills Cop Four is one of uh, two dozen movies um, starting um, to shoot in California, um, and Netflix is moving forward with this action comedy sequel, which I know you're happy about. I, I I'm not sure about that yet. You're sure not? You're not sure? No. Okay. Well, I know that you weren't crazy about coming to america no. when i loved it i i really really love coming to america it was nowhere near as good as the first one no it wasn't it was not but it i still enjoyed good. it i still liked it a lot um beverly hills cop for um you know eh, we'll see i mean you know eddie murphy is is brilliant you know he's a comedic genius um we will see how yeah we'll see how, how can they make nope. it rated r i mean why can't you make it rated r it, it's on the platform just like it's on Netflix, um, yeah. to america was like make it rated r don't water it down i don't think beverly hills cop has all ever been pg-13 though has it the third one all, was the third one was oh that's yeah okay. yeah okay so don't make it rated r like like just just I mean, I mean, don't make it pg-13 make it rated they r. haven't announced it yet but yeah, yeah i agree with you i hope that's the make case. it old school make it for the original fans you, these new kids aren't going to give a fuck about beverly hills cop it's going to be the people who grew up with it are the ones that care about it so make it for the old fans yeah that's, what, yeah. that's all you have to do you know that just let eddie murphy be eddie murphy just let him be it yeah upcoming movies on netflix include the harder they fall with jonathan majors as he beats lucky stanfield idris elba and regina king on november 3rd and we are talking about don't look up with uh wes johnson earlier um uh, but yes leonardo caprio's dark comedy don't look up will be available christmas oh. december 24th christmas eve wow um also rebecca hall's directorial debut passing will also drop on netflix on november 10th 
Um, also, Lin Manuel Miranda's Tick Tick Boom with Andrew Garfield dropping November nineteenth, and um, The Unforgivable starring Sandra Bullock. See, she's still working. She's uh, working now. She went yeah. through a whole long stretch where she didn't. Okay. Do yeah. She's a woman recently released from prison. So, um, also Netflix um, will be dropping. Um, a movie with Melissa McCarthy that just has uh, just dropped a trailer called The Starling. Uh, as Melissa McCarthy plays a grieving woman, um, and um, she reunites with Chris O'Dowd, who she worked with in the 2014 movie Saint Vincent. So, romantic comedy of sorts or drama, I guess. Um, uh so so cowboy bebop a popular japanese anime is getting a live action interpretation on netflix with john cho from harold and kumar fame and the uh, the sulu in the new uh, uh star trek films he's uh taking on the lead role of that um so that's pretty exciting the fir- first images from the movie is john cho in his cowboy bebop um attire look pretty cool he's playing spike spiegel um so look out for that coming up on netflix um as you know the game of thrones showrunner david benioff and db weiss have a new series called three body problem which will be on netflix as part of their netflix deal um very creepy interesting title but it's a story of what happens when humanity discovers that we are not alone in the universe so it's a complete sci-fi um and uh let's hope uh for a better ending for this one <laughs> yeah that's never been done before right <laughs> it's like humanity finds out that we're not alone in the universe wow that's that's a new take on everything i know that's all we have Man, that's, that's every single have. alien movie ever made ever made yeah. <laughs> except for except for like aliens because at that point the way where you knew those aliens exactly yeah so this is just <laughs> Wow, great, great synopsis. Great stuff, man. Great. <laughs> More animated um, projects on Netflix include Zoe Saldana's upcoming animated fantasy epic called Maya and the Three. Look out for that on Netflix. Also, oh, and actually, one of the voice actors in this project is Alan Maldonado, who's going to be on our program tonight. So that's oh. pretty exciting. Maya and the Three. Got to write that down. <laughs> Also, the Russo brothers, um, they um, sadly have exited Magic the Gathering's animated series on Netflix. I'm not sure why. That is uh, surprising to hear, uh, considering, I mean, they're incredible directors. But Jeff Klein has replaced them as head of, head of creative for this animated show. And Magic the Gathering, wow. Magic the Gathering's got an animated series, and they just cast Brandon Roth, Superman himself, um, from uh, Smallville, the Smallville Superman, uh, as a lead role. That cartoon's going to please a lot of nerds. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> never got it. Never got into Magic Gathering. Never. No, I remember. I'm one of those have... nerds that never got into it. Yeah, I remember they used to have those little like gatherings, like um, the, the different stores used to do that. Right. And like that's that's back when the nerds were all just like, you know, hefty um, guys with like beards. Like, okay. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out. Okay. <laughs> 
uh, moving on HBO Max. Um, so Birds of Prey's Black Canary. Remember uh, Black Canary, the character from the Birds of Prey um, Emancipation of uh, one yeah. Harley Quinn movie. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to forget that movie, yeah. Well, you know, it, I still enjoy it. I mean, it's Margot Robbie, right? But, uh, yeah, but still. But, um, yeah, Journey Smollett, um, who played Black Canary. Um, as you know, she she is ju- ju- Juicy Smollett's sister. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll have her own standalone film on HBO Max. Um, the Black Canary film. So that's pretty. She's And seemingly she's the only character in the Birds of Prey with superpowers. Because the rest of them. I mean, Huntress was just great with a bow and arrow and fighting. And Harley Quinn was great at fighting. And she's fucking crazy. Um, super athletic, but at the same time, yeah, she's the only one that had powers in that group. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven Soderbergh has a project on HBO Max uh, called Full Circle. It's a limited series about a kidnapping go- gone awry. Um, and Soderbergh will direct all six episodes. Um, it's interesting because um, my friends from uh, that wanted to call me an honorary Jew call me Sodoberg, which oh. is very similar to Soderberg. So, that sounds um, racist. <laughs> no, that's that's a, re- a religious uh, thing. Racist. <laughs> okay. um, interesting enough, HBO has Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 11. Uh, yes, the, yeah. Now, yes. this is something I'm excited about. In October, we're going to see Season 11. No trailer just yet. I'm sure that's going to come in, within the next few weeks, I'm guessing. Um, but... Uh, Everybody's back. Susie Essman, Jeff Garland, Cheryl Hines, Richard Lewis will be back despite his health issues. J.B. Smooth, Ted Danson, um, sadly, Super Dave Osborne. Bob Einstein had passed away, so he wasn't able to be uh, in this uh, season. But um, yeah, um, also returning in October are the Roy's uh, in succession, the Roy's family. Um, uh, so that's a very popular, popular uh, show on HBO and pretty much an Emmy Golden Globe darling as well. And if you're a fan of Betty on HBO, sadly, that um, series has been canceled after two seasons. Sorry, fans of Betty. <laughs> mm. Never watched it, but uh, basically about um, a group of skateboarders in uh, in New York City. Um, oh, over on Amazon Prime. There's a teen comedy feature uh, called To Be Real, which will have LGBTQ representation um, by Gabriel Union. Um, and it's going to be directed by Billy Porter. Um, so look out for that on Amazon Prime. Um, so it's described as an LGBTQ super bad crossed with Booksmart. Oh. oh. And I love super bad, but uh, I'm not, I'm curious how can, they can. Get away with some of the humor from Superbad. They won't. They won't. It'll be. Uh, it'll be just like Booksmart. It'll be shitty like Booksmart. It okay. Be, don't say it's gonna be like Superbad. It's not gonna it would be, be like more like. like so you're saying it would be more like Booksmart. And yeah. Okay. Booksmart was. Like, I never saw Booksmart, but I saw the trailer. It looked awful. Okay. And like it was trying to be like Superbad, but of course it wasn't. So yeah. that's why they're trying to use the name of Superbad. Like Superbad yeah. was the end of any kind of like raunchy teen comedy. Yeah. That might have yeah. been a lot. Well, maybe the hot, maybe um, hot tub time machine. I think you said that was probably the the last of them. That was a teenager, though. But it wasn't a teenager one, no. right? Right. 
Over on Apple TV, uh, they just dropped a second trailer, a second season trailer for The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon. Um, that will be premiering on September 17th. Um, that was a well, um, well-acclaimed show. Also, an upcoming sci-fi series called Foundation from uh, showrunner David Goyer of Batman Begins. It adapts Isaac Asimov's iconic trilogy about the collapse of the galaxy and a band of exiles struggle to preserve mankind. All right. What's the name? Asimov? Um, well, the, um, it's the, author of, the, the author of the, the trilogy is Isaac Asimov. Mm, Asimov. Mm. Asimov. Yeah. So look for that on Apple TV. I won't be. You won't be? Yeah, you're not going to watch anything on Apple TV, are you? No, I don't have a subscription anymore. Like They gave it to me free for like well, a year and watch, a half. watch my episode, yo. <laughs> no, I don't have it anymore. It's gone. All right. Um, another show on Apple TV is The Changeling with Lakeith Stanfield described as a fairy tale for grown-ups. It's a horror story, parenthood fable, and perilous odyssey through a New York City you didn't know existed. Um, and if you've seen some of the crazy homeless in New York City, um, that's certainly a horror story. <laughs> uh, over on Hulu, Chloe Sauvigny has joined the cast of Hulu's limited series, The Girl from Plainsville. Al Fanning and Colton Ryan uh, have joined the series. This is about the texting suicide case. Remember the girl that told uh, her boyfriend to go kill himself and encouraged him via text messaging to kill himself? Yeah. And, so um, basically, we'll explore the relationship um, and the events that led to um, the person's death. And the yeah, that conviction. was that was horrible. But I mean, do we need to see a recreation of that? Like, it's not like this is something that you might someone might say too soon. But uh, I think, if anything, Chachi, I think it's an important message to put out there because. People can be held accountable for simple requests or demands through text messaging or right. social media, you know. And I think I think it makes people aware that it's a very situ- serious situation, you know. Because well, she wanted the fame of having a, a dead friend. That's why she did it. Oh man, it was really a messed up story. It's a really effed up story, but I kind of I'm really curious to see how they handle this one, you know, because you know, um, so um. Al Fanning is playing Michelle Carter, um, who is the, and then um, Colton Ryan is playing uh, uh, Conrad Roy. Yeah. So, but yeah, uh, eventually she was convicted of involuntary manslaughter. All right. Um, so Ray Donovan will get a feature-length movie to tie up everything, which is a good call. And I have a feeling they're going to do the same with Manifest if that happens, but they haven't officially announced it yet. But there are a lot of complaints when a series abruptly ends and doesn't. Yeah, that's include. a dick move. The dick move. And it went seven seasons. I mean, you figured, goddamn it, when is seven seasons? Just give them one more fucking season to wrap everything up. Um, yeah, that's like, the screwed with the show Glow. Dude, Glow. They need a movie, dude. That yeah. is such a heartbreaker, dude. Let's hope that doesn't happen to Heels, the other wrestling-related drama. Right, I want right. a complete story for that one. Um, let's see. I love This For You, which is a comedy series at Thank Showtime. You. What is it? Uh, 
Uh, Welch stars Vanessa Bayer, Molly Shannon from uh, Saturday Night Live fame. Um, and Jennifer Lewis will be replacing Sybil Shepard. Sybil Shepard had to drop out of the project. So Jennifer Lewis will be replacing her. Yeah. Then why do you love it for me then? Because I would rather have seen um, Sybil Shepard in it. I know. I know you like Sybil Shepard. Uh, but yeah. Um, did they did they state a reason why Shepard had to uh, part ways? I guess uh, so. Basically, the character moved in a different direction, and Sybil wasn't didn't agree with the the uh, direction of the character because the character is icy and enig- enigmatic. Mm. Um, CEO for a home shopping network. Well, it's funny. Like way back in the '80s, Sybil Shepherd had her her own special um, camera during the episodes. We that, talked about this on yeah, TV. Yeah, yeah the, film, the actually. It actually made her look younger. It was almost like Instagram like filter. filters. Yeah. Filter, yeah, yeah. Like Bruce Willis, you know, who she co-starred with, didn't have that. Right. But when it would like just focus on just her when they were going back and forth, it would be like this kind of glow camera or whatever. So it was like a real. Is like there one a the featurette on that on YouTube or somewhere? I want to I want to watch that. I'm curious to see that. It's, it's pretty funny. Well, yeah. If you watch any episode, like you can, I'm sure you can find old episodes on YouTube that like you'll see it right away. That, that her looks, looks all airbrushed when they have the camera just on her. Maybe that was the dispute with her leaving that show. <laughs> is that they, they, they couldn't honor her uh, glow. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Your boy Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad. Um, his new show, Your Honor, is getting a second season. Um, so also check that out on Showtime as well. Over on Stars, 50 Cent's new drama, BMF, which stands for Black Mafia Family. Um, they just dropped the trailer for that. Um, pretty powerful trailer. Uh, that drops on uh, September 26th. Check it out. All right, let's talk a little bit about Walking Dead. Um, so um, episode two, because uh, those with AMC Plus or yeah. other means to see it, already saw it. So, um, And we can kind of allude to... Uh, Backtrack to episode one a little bit, but it was a two-part story called Asheron, part one and part two, uh, which was episode one and two. Um, but yeah, it just, wow, we, we saw the results of Maggie being ignored by Negan. Negan um, could have helped Maggie. She was pleading for help to pull her up on the, um, the train car. Negan refused to help her. Maggie dropped into um, a pile of oncoming walkers. Of course, Maggie, very resourceful. She crawls underneath the train car and starts knocking on the door of the train car. She's okay. But then Maggie does something very, very dark. Very, I don't know. You know what? That The, the character of Gage um, was not a very likable character. Uh, he bullied Lydia. Um, kind of a cocksucker, but dude, the guy was pleading <laughs> and begging for help. Yeah. And we all know that these heroes are pretty damn good at taking out walkers with the, the guns that they have. She claimed that there was not enough ammo. Gage was begging. Even Negan, who was supposedly the villain Chachi, went up to try to help. Maggie said, no, no, just just let him find his own way out. Obviously, he couldn't handle all those walkers. He had two knives on him. He decided to stab himself, dude. And the walkers tore him apart, and which was a very – it reminded me of Noah dying in the um, the rotating door. 
from a couple oh, yeah. seasons back. Yeah. Always kind of torn apart because he was trapped. Gage was trapped. Um, really sad. But wow, Maggie, do you, do you think she's going through like a different character um, transition? Just coming a little, just becoming a little more merciless and uh, and, and dark and unforgiving. I mean. Quite frankly, she's becoming a bitch. <laughs> well, Rick never would have um, let that happen if he was still in charge. And Negan yeah. wanted to help him too. Right, right. So, so now, like you, um, what's funny because episode made Negan look like a like a big heel because he didn't help Maggie. This is but true. yeah, then Maggie turned around and did like really the same exact thing that Negan did to Gage. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So, um, it, it's crazy. But then, of course, we had to get an explanation as to why Negan did it. Negan said. You said you would kill me at a moment's notice. Basically yeah. what Negan said. So he's fearing for his life. I mean, he's not going to cause Maggie to die, but he's not going to help her because with Maggie not around, he he doesn't have to fear for, for, you know, maybe, you know, Maggie like blindsiding, you know, shoot me in the back of the head without him knowing, whatever it may be. Yeah. But it just now seems that they're ha- they have a little bit of trust now. Uh, Maggie handed Negan a gun. Negan took out some walkers with the gun. Negan gave the gun back to Maggie. So, um, yeah, I thought it was cool that they um, had Negan admit it because I thought they were going to try to have Negan like pretending he didn't it didn't happen or he didn't see her or whatever. They were going to be this back and forth, whether like like who do you believe or whatever. So I was kind of happy just to see Negan come out and be like like oh yeah yeah that's true I didn't help her, you know like so it's kind of cool just mm-hmm. they put that up front and kind of get over it without making it into a big thing, which I thought they were going to uh, try to do. Yeah. Prior to Daryl's arrival to, to help out Maggie and the crew, him and dog had a little adventure to, uh, they took a little detour and, and saw an abandoned area of the subway and people leaving money. And, and, and one in particular was a hundred dollar bill that said, dear dad, you, you always said, if you don't come back in a week to move on, mom didn't listen and went looking, it's been three weeks. So we're going next. Uh, kind of a sad tale because you know um, it's it's the the kids that are um, pretty much uh, lost all hope, you know. Um, and uh, Daryl, for whatever reason, kept that dollar bill. Uh, that well, sorry, one hundred dollar bill. That is, uh, it's a big money left over in the apocalypse. You see that briefcase full of like wads of hundred dollar bills uh, with a uh, walker, just I think handcuffed to it, and. Um, yeah, it was well, kinda... yeah, because they were talking um, on the um, recap at the end of the episode yeah. about, like, the tunnel, something like the tunnel, like, the rich people were down there yep. trying to go through the tunnel, and that's why the guy had the briefcase um, with the They had, a, like, a then... little caste system in that little community down there. Yeah, but then, like, yeah. you know, the money ended up, you know, not being worth anything during the apocalypse, and so that was kind of interesting. Yep. And that's why, uh, why people were just using the money just to write stuff on because it had no value at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we'll get back to Maggie and the group because we'll go through the other part of the story, which is the whole Commonwealth part, where money is a factor. That's the Commonwealth because it's a working community, Chachi. They have food. They have water. They have electricity. They have currency. They're pretty much back to pre-apocalypse in this gated community where four of our heroes, Eugene, Yumiko, um, Princess, and Ezekiel – were um you know questioned very personal questions how how many bowel movements do you take in a day i mean like who asked that kind of shit man you know it's crazy what did you Literally. do prior to the apocalypse so 
what the Commonwealth wants to do is establish a similar life of what you had prior to the apocalypse. Yumiko was a lawyer. She's going to come into the Commonwealth as a lawyer. You know, Ezekiel was a zookeeper. He's going to come back into the into uh, Commonwealth as a zookeeper. And it was an interesting tie-in. The Wall of the Lost, which you alluded to last week, Yumiko's brother's looking for her. And Yumiko saw the photo, knows that her brother's in the Commonwealth, and revealed in episode two, Chachi, that he is a doctor. So it's a doctor and lawyer sibling. So they're obviously come from a very smart family. The doctor is, if you like heard... Kind of like the Cosby show, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, without the roofies. Mm, true. Um, true. Um, revealed that, his, that Yumiko's brother is a thoracic surgeon. And that's for the throat. And as you know, Ezekiel has um, some kind of growth in his throat. So I think Yumiko's, I mean, I think that's what they're alluding to. Yumiko's yeah. brother is going to perform a life-saving surgery on Ezekiel and remove that tumor. So it all ties in. So and Eugene, Eugene has one of the more entertaining aspects because he is nervous as fuck. Um, he's shaking, sweaty, talking about get, getting questioned by... By Mercer, who I actually li- really like his character. He's actually quite likable. Um, the red, the red uh, stormtrooper, you know, with all the questions for Eugene. Oh yeah. Yeah, he was great. And uh, he said two questions: tell us why you're here, tell us where community's from. And he talked about why they left. He wanted to meet Stephanie. And it's interestingly enough, at the very end of the episode, um, Eugene gets processed. Uh, he, he sees his friends. They are safe. They are fine. They give big hugs. And then in walks Stephanie, which I saw the actress that was cast as Stephanie. I think they're using this other actress as a decoy, a little catfishing, for whatever reason, whatever the um, the Commonwealth, for whatever reasons the Commonwealth wants, they're going to use this um, other actress, this other character to kind of maybe get some more intel. But when I'm sure Eugene's a very smart guy and will know that that's not the Stephanie as soon as, uh, you know, you know, the conversations they've had. I mean, only someone that's talked to Eugene will know all that stuff. So I think an interesting storyline is coming that way as well. Yeah, but you didn't mention what Eugene revealed during the episode. Yes. Very, very interesting. Yes. Eugene admitted that he is a virgin. Right. Right. Yes. Surprise. Now, this, you know, is very interesting about him revealing this uh, is that he was actually going to lose virginity to a two time BTB guest in Lindsley Register, who was the savior, right? Oh, With okay. the neck tattoo, right? Um, and she was actually, they actually shot the scene where they were supposed to have sex, but they decided to cut it out. And maybe they're thinking ahead that Eugene should be a virgin leading up to, um, you know, what we saw yeah, on I mean, episode you- two. If you can't get if you can't get laid during the apocalypse, the apocalypse? You, have no, you have no game at all. Yeah, that's right. Well, sir, well, it's not like there's other stuff to do. Do it's like yeah. Exactly. I think he was saying he has nuts wrapped around uh, Rosita for so long, and he never got Rosita, so right, he, he right. could get over her. Um, you know, while you have fucking Father Gabriel as a priest, you know, hooking up with Rosita, you got like uh, Sadiq, you, you got you know all these other guys. Abraham, geez, Abraham's like 30 years older than Rosita hooking up with him. Like, but Eugene just couldn't score, man. He just couldn't do it. Man. Yeah, so. I mean, I mean, you know, even even Glenn got that got that dime piece. 
you know, like. Yeah, Maggie's a pretty girl, but you know, Dick's a good-looking kid, you know. Not Maggie that. level though. No, uh, yeah. uh, he definitely traded up. That's what okay. I'm saying. The apocalypse, like you can really like, you can be just like an average guy and get some hot girl during the apocalypse. All right. Because like, like you're out, you're out there saving them from like getting eaten by walkers and shit. You're like, okay, they're gonna put out. Well, that's what I'm saying. Father Gabriel and Rosita. Yeah, like the hell, exactly. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's just a creepy character. And dude, Father Gabriel, nuts. He's just he's become a completely different character this season. He's um he's just you know he's very ruthless, very merciless like Maggie now, and he ended up killing uh uh <laughs> Robert Patrick's character Maze yeah. uh very very viciously uh, with his own like hand spike whatever. Um, uh, but last but not least in the episode um we saw going back to Maggie and the group, they get out of that uh, train subway system, and then they. They encounter the new big threat, the Reapers. Mm. So it's the same group that we saw um, last season in those bonus episodes. And it looks like two of the the group uh, got shot by arrows. Wasn't confirmed if if C. Thomas Howell's character of Roy was killed or not. He got shot in the chest. Chachi, you told me you think he got shot in the chest. Yeah. I think another one of Maggie's people from her community, her new community in Meridian. Got shot as well, so um, he got shot in the chest. But actually, I heard, um, I saw like a spoiler. They're actually going to have ET put his finger on the chest to help heal the wound. Oh, nice! Yeah, so it's all going to tie it together. Oh, good. ET's coming yeah. to the apocalypse. Yeah, he's going to be canon so cool. now for um, Walking Dead. Oh, good. That that's yeah, good news. Yeah. Okay, yeah, but I was happy dude, to hear it. But listen, man, if they decide, <laughs> I know it's all fun and good, but. Dude, you get an actor like C. Thomas Howell on your show. You get an actor like Robert Patrick on your show, and you're just gonna like kill them off right away. I, I just, we'll see what happens because usually we have to watch the Talking Dead episode after to see confirm who died or not. Um, so we'll have to find out what happens in episode three whether uh, Robert we'll Patrick get... was great. They should have kept him on the show. I like, agree. Yeah. yeah well, like he, I, I... he had a lot of other gigs going on. What, so what else I... is he doing? Um, he, gosh. You mentioned another project when when he was on The Talking Dead. He was in another yeah. involved in another big project. I'm sure it was canceled. You're sure it was canceled, right? <laughs> uh, let's see. Over on the CW. Oh, actually, before we get CW, uh, also on AMC, we mentioned a little bit about the Anne Rice um, um, stuff. All of her franchises bring brought over to AMC. They just cast Jacob Anderson, Grey Worm, um, himself. On Game of Thrones, in the lead role of Interview with the Vampire, who will play the title vampire Louis, or Louis, known in the novel as Louis de Ponte du Lac. The book centers on Louis as he relates the story of his life as to a reporter, in particular, how he was turned into a vampire and then mentored by Lestat, the Lion Court. So, and Sam Reed has been cast as Lestat, so... All right. Over on CW, The Flash will begin its eighth season. Wow, eight seasons with a five-part crossover entitled Armageddon, which will feature um, other Arrowverse cast members, Batwoman, Jessivia Leslie, Cres Williams of Black Lightning. Also, Chyler Lay as Sentinel. Um, Chyler was also uh, Alex Danvers uh, in Supergirl. And of course, Charlie's best role, not another teen movie. <laughs> Love Charlie. She's awesome. Um, 
Okay, I'm giving this show a shot. I wasn't even familiar with it until my brother-in-law told me about it because my brother-in-law is one of the editors for this show's social media videos. Um, it's called Motherland Fort Salem on Freeform. And Freeform has picked up a third and final season of Motherland Fort Salem. I'm sure my brother-in-law is very happy uh, that he can continue editing for the show. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So it's basically um, coming-of-age witches in Salem, you know, um, which is kind of cool. I'm kind of like the coven season of um, American Horror Story. It's kind of like a um, – it's basically present-day America where witches fight on behalf of the U.S. government. And follows three young women from basic training and combat magic into terrifying and thrilling early development. So actually sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Something I'm about to turn yeah. it, tune in. And of course, you know, if my brother works in the show, I gotta brother in law works in the show, you gotta tune in. <laughs> yeah. Uh let's see. Over on Network TV, can you move to something called Network TV? Um, <laughs> Peter Gallagher from the OC fame is cast in Grey's Anatomy for season eighteen. Can you believe it's 18 seasons of Grey's Anatomy? Like, I, I can't hell? believe it. Like, are any of the original people still on there? I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Ellen Pompeo. Um, you know, I mean, several people have left. But, yeah, Ellen Pompeo is, like, the star and has always been in it, no matter what. Um, Which one is that? She's Grey. Oh, she's Dr. the um, Meredith? She's a, she's a star. She's Alice Grey. She's Meredith. Meredith, yeah. Okay. Meredith Grey, right? Yeah, Meredith Grey. That's where Grey's Anatomy comes from, right? Oh, well, I, I didn't think anybody was left on the show anymore. Oh. Like, I'm not sure who still watches it either. Yeah. Oh, so Josh Demel will be starring uh, opposite Renee Zellweger in NBC's limited series The Thing About Pam, based on the 2011 murder of Betsy Faria, which resulted in her husband Russ's conviction, although he insisted he did not kill her. The conviction was later overturned. So it's a limited series over on NBC. And NBC, of course, is affiliated with Peacock. Just dropped a new trailer for Yellowstone. Yellowstone is going to get another uh, upcoming season. Very popular show. Uh, I think it is very popular. Yeah. I, you know, I watched it for a guest a while back. Uh, that One of the actors from Yellowstone. But, yeah. I, you know, I intended on, in like, Continue it because it's a very good show, but just never got around to it. Yeah, my parents love it. They love it. Oh, cool! I'll have to watch. There's nudity in it too. Is there? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Peacock can do nudity. If you didn't know. Um, but Yellowstone, but I, but it it's shown on NBC. Yeah. It, well, I guess the nudity is is uh, only on the streaming. That's exclusive on there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Punky Brewster done after one season on Peacock. Sorry to say. Yeah, I never. I tried to watch one episode. I don't know. Like, I was happy. Did it, did it hook you? No, I was happy that she had work, but it's like. I knew we were trying to get Soleil Moonfry on the show. Yeah, yeah, we were it. trying to. So you weren't. You basically gave it the full house, the fuller house treatment. Yeah. You yeah. watched it, didn't like it, and didn't continue. I don't know if I didn't like it. I just like, you know, it's just something like you watch as a kid that I don't know if it still watch that kind of humor nowadays. Um, okay. So you're planning not to continue? No, no, I'm not, I'm not going to continue. No, but oh, okay. um, especially now that it's canceled. Okay. Well, that's but fair. yeah, like it, it, 
there's there's stuff if i'm saying but stuff sometimes it can just end and that's good enough it doesn't need to keep going on or being brought back or whatever you know mm-hmm. like like the new say about the bell like sometimes stuff is good and it works in a certain decade you mm-hmm. know and, and it doesn't really work when you bring it back <laughs> to this horrific decade that we have now a <laughs> uh, couple more things before we um I'll take a classic cut break over on mtv the vmas we talked MTV's a little bit still about around wow mv M- yeah the vmas are still around doja cat will be hosting it it's going to take place at the barker center fuck is that? she's a singer mm. yep um sure. foo fighters wonderful foo fighters top to receive the global icon award so um that's usually um handed out the europe music awards the mtv europe music awards but they're going to do it at the vmas what um, uh, what kind of award is it it's called the um global icon award oh. Foo fighters certainly uh you know very um you know worthy of such a distinct as i'd say um, I, mean, tw- I mean you know they got, i think mtv's gonna be real pissed when they show up and, and they find out they're all white well <laughs> Well, all right. So, like, um, some of the performers, Q21 Pilots, Shawn Mendes, um, Chloe, and Doja Cat herself um, will be performing. Um, and um, speaking of uh, the Foo Fighters, because, as you know, David Grohl is one of the members. You sent me this, yeah. um, which is crazy. Um, Nirv- a Nirvana album from 1991, which is Nevermind. Um, if you remember the iconic um, album cover, it was a naked four-month-old baby in a pool swimming after a dollar bill that's been pierced with a f- fish hook. The, that baby is now 30 years old. Right, um, right. His name is Spencer Eldon, and for whatever reason now is suing the band for child exploitation and pornography, saying the band knowingly distributed the naked photo and profited from it. How does they? How do they not get... Uh, sign off. How does Nirvana not sign off on this before making this the photo of their album for whatever reason? Like, well, the um, the mom or whoever it was got paid two hundred dollars, um, for the for photo. the photo. Right, right, and, and the and the photographer is actually getting sued too. Yeah, this this guy's a typical asshole. He's an now. asshole yeah, because yeah. yeah. Now, did he ever make any profit or any money off the album at all? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think whatever the, uh, the $200 that got paid, you know, but you got to figure back then Nirvana was like, was really basically nobody. Like that was their first big album. Right. They had like some more independent stuff beforehand, but nobody knew, nobody knew Nirvana until that album dropped. And then that changed everything. Right. So, so, you know, no, one, no one's gonna get paid a bunch of money to be on the album cover as a baby. And they could have been any baby. And, um, mm. you know, they, he's trying to say now that, it was like they're trying to present him as a sex worker because oh, he was after, like, yeah, there's all these different buzzwords they try to use now and that it was unreal. They said it was kitty porn and stuff like that. Meanwhile, this guy who's now 30, he has recreated that album cover like, like I think it was like four or five different times throughout the years for different anniversaries of that album. Like he would get in a pool and like he had a bathing suit on this time, but he would swim or whatever, try to recreate the album cover. So he was for whatever all reason, it. now he's suing. And plus, he even has Nevermind tattooed on his body. 
you know, the, the name of the so album. He's, he's all about money. That's all he wants. Right. Exactly. Exactly. He was all into this. He loved the, the fame and, and being the kid, you know, right. on the, on the album cover, the baby. And now, but now he's all distraught and oh my God, he can't, he can't function now because of this. And it's like, fuck him, man. Like, it, you know, yeah, he's, he's being a little bitch. Yeah, so and he's still he's asking. He's asking for $150,000 in damages from, from each, each of the defendants. Yeah, each of the, you know, even Kirk Cobain's um, estate. Kirk Cobain's right? estate, yeah. the photographer Kirk Weddle, Universal Music, Geffen Records, Warner Brothers, MCA Music. Um, and basically, his attorney is saying that his true identity, legal name are forever tied to the commercial sexual exploitation, exploitation experience as a minor. And he supposedly had emotional distress and interference with emotional and educational development. Yeah, but he's, after telling me he recreated the album, yeah, that's just fucking bullshit. He's, he's full of shit. He's full of shit. Here, uh, fucking bull, unbelievable bull, Now here's bull, here here I'm sure is a true story. He's 30 years old. Life ain't as great as he thought it was going to be. You know, like he's he's on his own now. He's he like, needed a better contract for that album. That's what he needed. He probably didn't. Well, it wasn't any contract. It wasn't like he um, should have gotten one. He should have. He, he didn't have a good entertainment lawyer that could have gotten him a lot more money, and then he probably wouldn't, you know, wanted to no, do here, this. Here's the baby, and and this was, and like I said before, Nirvana was not Nirvana then. They were just like some kind of like local Seattle band. Like they right. weren't some big name back then. They were like um, nobody knew them, you know, besides the people who were like super into that scene. Like they weren't like um, MTV darlings at that point. That album's what made them. So they weren't big. Right. They took the picture for that album. Like nobody really knew them, you know, from the mainstream. Yeah. So. In so all they, cases. Uh, he's just doing it for money. He's doing it because he need he needs a payout, you know. So now he's gonna pretend he's distraught or whatever. Even though, like, like I said, like he got the tattoo. Never mind on his body. Like, yeah, he was all into it until he found that could be money. So that's why, like, I hate you know 2021. Because there's like assholes like that. Yeah. Want to try to like taint everything. Exactly. No pun intended with the taint. Um, but yes, <laughs> I think it's a good time to take uh, Chachi's classic cut, right? So here That's we go. Right. Where are my dogs at? It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's Classic Cut, where each and every week I go into our archives. You know, I break open our little cassette tape um, container with all of our tapes. I wind them up with a pencil to get it right to the part <laughs> I want. Uh, we wind and fast forward to get it to yes. the parts I want to play. Yes. And I pick our song for the night. All right. And this is another classic cut. You know, this one was from 1985, you know, smack dab into the middle of the 80s. Yes, I know what you're going. Yeah, this one is by Huey Lewis. Um, Basically, you know, this is to honor the great weekend that we had at Awesome Con, you know, seeing Michael J. J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd um, together again for my favorite movie of all time, Back to the Future. You know, this is this song is I mean, most people know like um, the power of love by Huey Lewis in the movie, um, but most people don't know this song back in time, which was um, didn't have the commercial success as um, Power of Love, but um, it kind of like this song is way more about the movie than um, yeah 
back in time as than um, Power of Love was. Because this one actually like talks about the movie and like talk about like lightning never strikes twice and different right. references from the film. Um, you know, and of course, you know, any fans of the movie know that Huey Lewis was actually in the movie as the um, you know one of the people in the um, Battle of the Bands um, auditions. You know that that Michael J. Fox, the Marty McFly auditioned for. Yeah. Pretty and he cool told um, Marty that he was just too damn loud, um, or too darn loud, he might have said. But this is Huey Lewis, you know, recorded 1984, released July 20th, 1985, back in time. All right, we'll be back right after the classic cut. That was classic cut back in time, Huey Lewis. So, uh, man, it's a good classic cut, man. I guess it's appropriate for the Back to the Future reunion at Oscar twenty twenty one. It was, yeah. I said everybody so, knows like, Power of Love, you know, but people don't really know that song as much. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, as you know, Awesome Con, we still had the mass mandates, you know, but uh, the Emmys are going to take it a step further. They're actually requiring either proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test in order to attend this year's ceremony. So a lot of the big events in Hollywood, and this will probably, you know, they haven't really required the uh, COVID vaccine card at cons yet. I haven't, maybe there will be eventually, but Emmy Awards, uh, Toronto Film Festival, um, working for Disney or Netflix on their productions now requires um, a COVID vaccination um, card because of the crazy Delta variant happening, which uh, was really unfortunate. Um, and um, to encourage people to get the COVID-19 vaccine, they actually released um, a special comic book from Marvel. Um, it's a special Avengers one shot where the Avengers are hoping their superpowers will encourage people to get vaccinated against COVID-19. I'm guessing that maybe they'll show that the heroes are still susceptible to get COVID, even though they have superpowers and they can like pretty much, you know, destroy anything in their paths. Um, they can uh, lift trains and automobiles and fly planes, uh, but yet they can still be susceptible to COVID-19. So <laughs> I guess they're doing one of those deals, you know, so interestingly enough. Hillary Duff announced that she actually tested positive for COVID um, uh, with the Delta variant. She was experiencing a headache, no taste or smell, sinus pressure, but she said she was happy to be vaxxed. So that probably helped her um, as far as getting, um, you know, less, less severe symptoms. And uh, Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, revealed that she had con uh, contracted COVID-19 and is experiencing symptoms despite being vaccinated. So um, she said it got she got it pretty bad. And this is a little um, it's a little distressing, I got to admit, because Melissa Joan Hart, she's younger, she's healthy. Um, you know, she had been vaccinated already, but she still had some breathing issues. 
um, despite, you know, her symptoms, um, said it was hard to breathe. Um, so it's like kind of crazy, man, <laughs> the whole situation, um, with COVID-19, um, um, despite being vaccinated, still being an issue due to this Delta variant. Um, so what will the girls, the sex workers, the nude models that put out adult content, uh, what will they do now? Um, now that OnlyFans has um, decided to eliminate sexually explicit material. However, Chachi, you just sent me an update on this. That OnlyFans won't be dropping explicit content from its platform after all. Oh, big shock. They got, they got so much of a backlash from this that uh, I guess they decided um, that they would um, backtrack on what they decided to do. Um, and they're doing a complete reversal on their planned uh, ban. And apparently signed on new agreements with banks to pay content creators for OnlyFans. Um, uh, basically, they've uh, secured assurances necessary to support the diverse creator community. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Is that what they're calling it? Yeah, the, the creator community. The they're diverse. Cre- they're, cre- they're creators. These they're people are diverse creators. too. Yep, 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 yep. So, um, so, um, are you happy about this? I mean, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of the the OnlyFans models and the sex workers that are on on OnlyFans are, are stoked to hear. I mean, there are other platforms out there, but uh, yeah, I um, I'm kind of upset because now I want to worry about um. You know, having a limited staff at McDonald's when I go there, I get my, my Big Mac because <laughs> they still can't get employees because, you know, apparently they're all showing their snatch oh, on the man, making money. Yeah. They don't have to work at McDonald's anymore. Yeah, they're supposed to. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really feared for what they were going to do. I mean, there are other platforms out there, but um, yeah. uh, do, do these uh, models have, you know, um, a means of income outside of um, the adult? industry you know or, right. or putting nude content you know and i always love how like people social media act like these content creators are like mother Teresa. you know it's like oh like like you know they're doing so well you know they're happy you know i'm so i'm happy for them i'm like they show their pussy on um to strangers like don't act like they're something they're not like mm-hmm. it's such a like it's such a like groundbreaking like like somehow they're like um you know rosie at the rivet or something like that like <laughs> Right, like, like, Rosie like, the River. Yeah. Like, like anybody, you know, can try to do what they're doing. You know, if they want to go down that route. Yes. You know, I, I saw somebody was like, it was some, it was some uh, model that was so-called model that was making like, like a hundred thousand. You know, like you know, um, like a hundred thousand a month or something like that. And like, you know, somebody was somebody was commented like, oh, well, I wonder what. Um, you know, her parents think or whatever. And this guy was like, oh, I bet your parents are real happy that she's doing well and that she's happy. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, no, no dad wants to be like, oh, yeah, my daughter, um, I'm so proud of her. She's like, um, she's showing her cooch on to strangers on um, the internet. You know, like, like, like nobody's doing that. <laughs> yeah, but- for, any, for any of our only, OnlyFans creators out there, we, we hope you weren't offended. <laughs> I don't care if you're offended or not, but send us some, send us some free passwords. Yeah, you know, but but yeah, these um these companies always try to 
clean up their image. You know, they think they're going to go mainstream and like, you know, like Playboy when Playboy got rid of their nudity and thought they're going to do so well. And they try to argue like, oh, no, this is we're going to be like Maxim Magazine and this is going to be better. And, and then all of a sudden they all come back. Yeah, they all cave in. And obviously OnlyFans caved in a lot quicker because they knew that other platforms were going to pop up and take all their business. You know, like, yeah. like you are what you are. Don't don't like. um you know, don't despise your customers. You know, if you're someone like OnlyFans, you are what you are. You're like, you know, you're a platform that that sells um, smut or whatever people want to call it. That's what you do. That's what you are. You're not going to be some like platform that's going to like get people to like buy like celebrity photos and stuff like that. No, you people want to see penetration, and that's what they're paying for. <laughs> you know, right? Phil, actually, Jimmy Fallon had an interesting comment. He said. Um, only fans without porn will be like Playboy only printing the articles. And if you're watching this with someone who quickly asks, what's only fans, trust me, they know exactly what it is. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stephen Colbert um, said that evidently uh, pornography does not live up to higher moral standards of investment bankers unless it's fucking, it's them fucking the economy. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> couple of cancel culture things. Mayim Bialik will be the first guest host for Jeopardy following Mike Richard's one-day tenure. So apparently Mike Richard had gotten canceled. So he uh. apparently there was old tweets. I'm sorry, not old tweets, but old Interviews. audio clips of, of, yes, of podcasts he's done back in 2013 in which he repeatedly used offensive language and disparaged women's bodies. Oh, um yeah also he mocked someone uh for collecting unemployment benefits asking do you feel dirty uh also mocked um <laughs> you get canceled for that for making fun of, of unemployment a, of a woman benefits. and her friends in swimsuits saying they look really frumpy and overweight oh no uh, so basically he said it had become clear that moving forward as host would be too much of a distraction for our fans and not the right move for the show. And as a, as a result of that, um, Mayim Bialik, you know, Blossom, and, you know, <laughs> of course, uh, uh, the popular Big Bang Theory um, was already slated to be a guest host, but now she's going to be, I guess, um, the first guest host. They're so going back to the guest host format now until, I guess, they find another permanent replacement. So, uh, yeah. what happens? Somebody gets elevated to something like that. So everybody's like, let's go back and see if we can find anything that he did. He said that we disagree with now. Like, um, oh. you know, what was it like, like, like eight years later, you know, eight like years later. Yeah. Yeah. To oh, 2013. Look, he made fun of unemployment. Oh my God. Like he must really hate people on unemployment now, you know, like, I'm sure he was doing comedy bits or whatever on this um, podcast or whatever he was on. Uh, ooh, Ron Jeremy indicted on 34 counts of, rape and sexual assault as he continues to await trials and charges that could result in a prison sentence of more than 300 years wow um 300 years what is he uh an immortal is he a god is he um well he's definitely not a god um he wouldn't be in that position if he wasn't uh i mean <laughs> i mean you said it so much to 300 years i mean that's come on that's it's hey, it is a life sentence but my gosh you know um yeah, I mean, he's got some crazy allegations, man. And, and one of them was lewd, contact, lewd conduct with a 15-year-old girl. 
one count of forcible sodomy, assault with intent to commit rape, four counts of sexual penetration of a foreign object, two counts of penetration of an unconscious or asleep person. So 12 um, counts. And of course, the wrestling world was rocked. Um, Both AEW and WWE Chachi in AEW on Rampage, a new program um, by the promotion started by uh, Tony Khan and family now has become a, a, a viable competitor of Vince McMahon and WWE. They have obtained, that's right, Philip Brooks, better known as CM Punk. Uh, he is back in pro wrestling, um, stepped away uh, from the WWE. Wait, that's his real name? Wow. Seven years ago. That's right, Philip Brooks. I can see why he changed it. <laughs> That's not real menacing, you know, if you're yeah. a wrestler. And he took advantage of seven years. He had a failed stint in UFC uh, where he lost both of his fights. He uh, actually um, wrote the Drax comic book for Marvel and a couple other comic books. Uh, he did some acting projects like Heels, which is the show we'll be talking about with our actor uh, guest, Alan Maldonado. Uh, and in the seven years that he was away from WWE, um, he comes back to AEW um, and drops a crazy promo. This is uh, um, wild. He challenged um, Darby Allen in his first match in AEW at the pay-per-view called All Out. And, um, well, you know, he kind of didn't mention WWE, but still mentioned it at the same time, if that makes sense. So right. um, basically... Um, he had an issue with WWE. He was released from his contract um, after the dispute um, with WWE's doctor, um, Chris Amon. Um, basically, um, he talked about Chris Amon on uh, a podcast show, and the doctor sued him for defamation, but apparently um, CM Punk won. But ever since then, he's just pretty much... Um, been persona non grata for WWE, you would think at first, but then he ends up hosting the backstage show for WWE very recently, about a year ago, and that show didn't last. And I guess he decided, all right, now I'm just going to return to wrestling, but he's going to return to All Elite. Interestingly enough, he kind of like said he last wrestled in 2005, and he is back in august of 2021 i mean come on man he cannot deny his career in wwe he still had an incredible career in wwe he was a you know wwe champion world champion he he said something about i think he said more like about last time he was in pro wrestling i think he said yes yes exact quote yes so basically i cried because i knew i was leaving a place that i love and it was a home and i knew where i was going it wasn't going to be easy for a guy like me because I'm one of you. So I look at it like this. August 13, 2005, I left professional wrestling. Right. See. August 20th, 2021, I'm back. Yeah, so he's not, he's not discounting the time that he was in WWE. He's right. saying that that was sports entertainment. So last time he was right. actually was in pro wrestling was during that date. That's what he's saying. Right. And um, drew crazy numbers, 1.129 million viewers, 692,000s were in the key dem- demographic of 18 to 49. How many was it? Um, well, 1.129 uh, 
million viewers. Yeah. Yeah, and um, that represents a a big, you know, demo. Um, and uh, comparison, WWE draws in two point one million. Um, That's all they draw in nowadays. Uh, this is SmackDown Live. So Rampage, um, very smartly enough, um, decided not to compete with WWE SmackDown. They they they, it's a one hour show. They actually aired this at ten o'clock. Right, um, right after SmackDown ends, so they're getting a little bit of the, you know, you know getting the the audience from SmackDown tuning into AEW, which is very wise. Why compete, you know? I mean, but it is, you know, CM Punk's. I mean, you know, it, it's huge. You would think they would want to have this on um, something where they compete with WWE, but no, they decided to make this show after SmackDown. Um, interestingly enough, CM Punk. During his promo, said that when everyone leaves the arena, they get free ice cream. So he actually uh, <laughs> partnered up with a, a Chicago ice cream company and made these CM Punk ice cream bars. And everybody in the audience, as they were exiting the arena, got a CM Punk ice cream bar. And um, from what I'm reading, there's a company called Pretty Cool Ice Cream. It's a shop, shop in Chicago. And basically, CM Punk footed the bill. Can you believe it? That's pretty cool. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that's a lot of ice cream. So, isn't the ratings like 1 million is like a 1.0 rating? Is that what that um, pretty much means? Yeah, I think it's pretty uh, on par with that, what you said. Yeah, Yeah. so it's just amazing how far that WWE has fallen. Back when he used to get like an 8.0, you know, and stuff like that back in the the Monday Night Wars. And this is why people are like, Oh, wrestling is great now. No, because there's no competition. Competition made all the products better. You know, you, mm-hmm. you never they brought in so many fans that weren't wrestling fans who would watch mm-hmm. it. That's why you're getting like you said they did a two point one. Two point one on SmackDown. Yeah, if it was a two point one that they had. Like everybody would be fired. Like back in the day, because mm-hmm. it was so low. And you know, now, like you know, I guess it's standard. But um, I mean, I hope the best for AEW. I hope they um, become actual competition because this just means that wwe will finally get better you know like they're only putting out subpar stuff now because there's no competition well you know what you would say subpar but summerslam was a big hit chachi and um just a couple of the highlights from summerslam because i still think that the wwe is still putting on a a pretty pretty awesome product you know despite that um we, had, we saw the return of Brock Lesnar, um, who at the end of the Roman Reigns-John Cena um, match, which closed the show, um, pretty much gave uh, Paul Heyman and, and Roman Reigns a stare down. Brock Lesnar had a different look, sporting a beard and a ponytail. Completely a, different a look. A ponytail, really? A little bit of a ponytail pulled back, yeah. I see that. Not yeah, a good... you gotta, yeah, yeah. So a completely different look, so... Look for, of course, another interesting uh, dynamic that now Paul Heyman is with Roman Reigns as a, uh, you know, um, with the Universal Championship. And now Brock Lesnar is now on the opposite end without Paul Heyman. So guessing that that will be the upcoming big uh, Universal Championship match and an upcoming pay-per-view Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. We I have seen that match. Yeah, we've seen that match before, but... Uh, 
It'll be and, and that and it's crazy because if Brock Lesnar is playing the babyface role, this will be new for him. So, um, because you know Roman Reigns has been great as a heel, he's going to be completely great as a heel. So we'll see that. But you know what? The the match between Roman Reigns and John Cena was fantastic. It was a very very good um, uh, match. Solid 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 um, stuff from both both athletes. Uh, but Roman Reigns defeated John Cena by pinfall to retain the Universal Championship. And then shortly thereafter, that's when Brock Lesnar interfered. Yeah, Brock um, stepping out as cut up as he used to be. Well, yeah. I mean, when the steroids stop, right? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah and of course, uh, Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. Of course, that wasn't a great match because... Oh, shocker. Goldberg, well, you know, yeah, you were saying that last week that he, you, I was like hoping for a decent match. No, no there's no hope. Goldberg had a quote unquote injury to his knee, which uh, the referee had to stop the match early. Bobby Lashley defeated Goldberg via referee stoppage to retain the WWE title. Um, and it uh, looks like um, Lashley put Goldberg's 15 year old son in the, in the hurt lock. Full Nelson move, <laughs> which is kind of crazy because now you're working with like young kids. So I don't know. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, yeah, kind of crazy. That's a different lock than what uh, Ron, Ron Jeremy did, right? That's a control. much different lock. Very good. Much different lock. Good, good. And another big highlight, Chachi, is SummerSlam, the return of Becky Lynch. You know, it was a pretty lackluster match because it was supposed to be She's still called the man. Still called the man. That's the dumbest gimmick. Dumbest gimmick. It, it was oh. Bianca Belair uh, versus Sasha Banks, supposedly. Sasha Banks mysteriously not there. Carmella comes in the ring, um, and she wants to challenge Bianca. They get ready for that match. Then the man, Becky Lynch, comes in, attacks Carmella, takes out Carmella, becomes Bi- Bianca Belair, the SmackDown Women's Champion, versus Becky Lynch. And, and gosh... Not a match at all, Chachi, in probably a couple minutes. A squash match where Becky Lynch defeats Bianca Belair via pinfall to win the title. Um, we also saw a, a new Raw Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, uh, is her new Women's Champion. Uh, she defeated Nikki, almost a superhero, and Rhea Ripley. Um, we also saw a brand new United States Champion. Um, as Damian Priest defeated Sheamus to win um, the U.S. title, the U.S. title is probably one of the coolest looking straps. The new design of the U.S. title, if you, if you want to check it out, it's a beautiful belt, man. I really like it. I mean, maybe people might think differently about it, but uh, it's a pretty solid match, you know. Um, is that the one with the um, eagle on the front? Yeah, it's got it's got a very uh, an eagle in the front. It's got a more of a block. I, the design is really cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, yeah, it looks pretty old school. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. He's always got like the eagle on the front of the of the old belts. It has the eagle, but it, it's like it's stylistically placed, and, and the design is a little. It, it's got some old school elements with some new school yeah. elements tied in both. You know. I like it. Um, yeah. yeah. We also saw brand new tag team champions on the Raw side, Chach. RK Bro. Riddle and Randy Orton uh, defeated AJ Styles and Omos, who you called the Black Big Show. Um, uh, yeah, affectionately. Affectionately, of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Usos retained against the Mysterios. That's Ray and his son Dominic. Wait, his sons weren't wrestling now. 
Yep. Remember little Dominic Mysterio that would be shown to the audience in WCW early. And he would hold him up in the air. He would hold him up in stuff. the air. He is now wrestling for the WWE. Really? You know? Wow. Isn't that crazy? Is he bigger than Ray? He is taller than Ray Mysterio. He's a tall guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's you got to check it out. Yeah. Dominic Mysterio. Is he a good one? And the battle of the three MB members, Jinder Mahal and Drew McIntyre. Well, Drew McIntyre won that match. <laughs> um, 3MB was a very silly gimmick, but it was cool to see Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, uh, both their careers elevate because they both, you know, had both won the WWE title, and so they've come a long way since that cheesy gimmick. They left WWE after the cheesy gimmick, came back to WWE, and you know, both had won the WWE title in, in separate occasions. Wow, he's much bigger than um, Rey Mysterio. Yes, you're seeing him now, huh? Yeah, does he wrestle with the mask on? Um, so the um, he does not wrestle with the mask. Uh, oh so man! Ray, Ray, no, no, Dominic, not Dominic wrestles, yeah, you know, without a mask. Ray still wrestles with the mask. No, but Dominic should wear a mask too. You think he should too? Uh, I, for whatever reason, I don't know why he decided not to to go with that. Uh, nah, with, if he's the son, he he should definitely wear a mask. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Um, no, getting an update from um. Rachel has Rachel from um, PR Machine regarding Al Maldonado. Apparently went to voicemail. Um, he's in production right now. He must have gotten stuck on set, is what he's saying. Right. So it looks like uh, we will be rescheduling um, Al Maldonado. Um, okay. Yeah. We have some. Well, we got we got to throw out some rest in pieces, man. Yeah, we do. I know we do. Come on, man. Got to throw respect for those <laughs> that are no longer with us. Definitely. All right. All right. So. Um, Charlie Watts, Rolling Stones, legendary drummer, died at the age of 80. Damn. Um, the legend passed away just weeks after pulling out of the band's uh, U.S. tour following an emergency operation. Died peacefully in a London hospital, surrounded by his family. Charlie was a cherished husband, father, grandfather, and a member of the Rolling Stones, one of the greatest drummers of his, uh, of his generation. Um... Yeah, apparently, he was in the band since back in the 60s. Exactly. And apparently they were scheduled to go on a 13-date no-filter tour, um, I think, next year. And, of course, sadly, um, someone else will have to be behind the drum kit for that, that tour. Sucks. Yeah, like I saw them in concert for the first time a few years back in D.C. Mm-hmm. I saw they were coming in. Like, I'm like, I, I got to get tickets for them because, you know, they're all mm-hmm. up there in age, you know, and like. I can't imagine how many tours we're all going to have together. So I'm glad I did mm. just to see the, you know, the full band um, play. Yeah. Definitely rest in peace. Some amazing songs like. Um, Painted Black. Painted Black. And that's a good showcase in that song of, of the, his drumming ability. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say Beatles or Rolling Stones. Ringo Starr actually shared a photo with Charlie Watts saying, God bless Charlie Watts. We're going to miss you, man. Peace, love. To the family, ring up. So that was cool. Sir Alta John tweeted, a very sad day. Charlie Watts was an ultimate drummer, the most stylish of men. Such a brilliant company. Yeah, he had a different look than the rest of the Stones. Where the rest of the Stones try to kind of keep their long hair, rocker vibe. Charlie Watts, you know, he just went with like the slick back side part, you know, not 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 taking on the the, the similar image of, of Mick Jagger. Right, you right. know, um, and the rest of the group, you know, and Keith Richards. 
it's kind of doing his own thing. Yeah, Mick Jagger. Like I was shocked at how how much he moved across that stage during that concert. You know, like he, yeah. you never know that he was an old man the way he moved and danced around. Yeah, he is almost eighty. Mick Jagger yeah. seventy eight. Uh, Keith Richards seventy seven. Wow. You know, so you know. Yeah, they're going up there. I always say, like, if you like a band, they come around, you know, um, and, and they're up there in age. Go see them. Go see them. Yeah, yes. Even like even like Tom Petty. I mean, nobody would have thought that he would have died so young. And he was young when he died. And Prince was young when he died. So, yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. There was actually another uh, popular artist that passed away, Chach, Don Everly, half of the country rock and roll duo, duo the Everly Brothers. Others, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause of death was not cited at the age of 84. Uh, actor Sonny Chiba, the Japanese action movie icon from Kill Bill, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, he sadly passed away at the age of, 90, of the age of 82 due to COVID-19. Chanch, sad. And speaking of COVID-19, a conservative radio host, Phil Valentine, died uh, from his battle with COVID-19 for over a month at 61. So. He was actually very skeptical skeptical about the COVID nineteen vaccine, um, you know, and he, um, you know, always said that he has a very low risk of getting COVID and dying if he does. And he would say, "Why would I risk getting a heart attack or paralysis by getting the vaccine?" And sadly, had he had the vaccine, he probably would have lived. Wow. It's very possible, you know, very very possible. He he he. Um, the symptoms would have been a lot milder. And uh, he would still be with us. Um, <clears throat> also, actress and producer Marilyn Eastman from Night of the Living Dead. Um, it sadly passed away uh, at the age of 87. Francis Mossman, best known for the starring in the web series The Horizon, as well as his role as Vitus on Star Spartacus, died at the young age of 33. Um, he actually supposedly died of a suspected suicide, but it has not been confirmed. Really sad. Oh, damn. Sad. A promising actor uh, takes his own life um, for reasons we don't know why. Um, Casey Moore, star of Killer of Sheep and Bless Their Little Hearts. Um, she's an actress, died at the age of 77. Michael Nader, known for his performance as Dex in the original Dynasty series. And also All My Children, and sadly passed away at the age of 76. Serge Onik, dancer and choreography of a choreographer of So You Think You Can Dance, uh, sadly passed away also at the age of 33. Same age as that, um, as that actor from uh, Spartacus. Um, no cause of death mentioned for that one. And wow. very tragic accident at New York City's field during the Dead & Company's concert. A fan attending the concert. Uh, in his mid-40s, reportedly fell from the second-store staircase during an intermission at the Queen's Ballpark and apparently landed on his head, sadly, um, oh. died. Um, um, yeah, apparently, I guess he was attempting to flip. Um, crazy. You think, uh, he was on, you think he was on acid? He could have been on acid. He could be yeah. drug-related. He could be very drunk. He could have... We don't know, but um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, definitely don't want to see anyone die in a, during a concert, you know, that's for sure. Um, uh, and of course, with death, we uh, celebrate life, Chachi. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Kylie Jenner, expecting her second child. Can you believe it, Chachi? Man. And that's, this will be Caitlyn Jenner's 19th grandchild. 
Jesus, really? <laughs> all the Kardashian. If you count the Kardashian, because uh, and the Jenners, I guess you count both of them. Yeah, because he's got his 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 sons, his legit sons, and he's got right is the Kardashian daughters that he kind of took under his wing. So, um, yeah, Kylie, um, you know, she's still sharing like sexy Instagram, you know. Oh, that's a shock. Yeah, despite you know, despite you know, you know, being sec- a pregnant with her second child, she, I guess she's playing it coy, not mentioning it on social media. When reports have already confirmed it, and Kylie Jenner actually did a very sexy uh, ad. Um, uh, you can you can actually see this on uh, uh, Jacquemus's uh, Instagram. Jacquemus is a um, is a handbag designer, and um, yeah, she's completely nude. If you want to check it out, go to Jackamus's um, Instagram. It's a side profile, but she's like, yeah, dude, um, except for the handbag. I'm um, fine. I'm fine. I thought you you thought Kendall Jenner was the best among the Jenners, or was it somebody else? I don't even mention that. But <laughs> I mean, you know, the Kardashians can get kind of annoying, but she's kind of oh following. yeah, they are annoying. Yeah, she's uh, following in her. Uh, sister kim's footsteps and trying to break the internet basically I, I hate that term so much like break the internet no one breaks the internet no one breaks twitter no one breaks instagram like just shut up about it you know <laughs> like they always show us a model oh she broke the internet like, no she did not break the internet unless you have some horrible um wi-fi yep no one's breaking the internet yep. and even crazier is kanye west who wants to be simply called as yay um, he actually filed court documents to legally change his name for his two-letter ni- letter nickname with no middle name or last name. I'm not going to call him that. <laughs> Neither will I. Okay. And, of course, birthdays for those uh, above ground and celebrating another year around oh, the sun. Too soon. Actor John Savage is 72. Gene Simmons of Kiss, also 72. Damn. Elvis Costello, 67. Director Tim Burton is 63. Happy birthday, Tim. Wow. That's a cool one. Billy Ray Cyrus is 60. Achy breaky heart, for sure. Um, actor Blair Underwood is 57. Um, Rachel Ray, uh, chef extraordinaire, celebrity chef, is 53. Remember Claudia Schiffer? She was the supermodel married to... Um, David Copperfield. She's 51 today. Yeah, she was smoking back in the day. Smoking! True Blood star Alexander Skarsgård is 45. Saturday Night Live's and Keenan and Kel's Kel Mitchell is 43. I'm sorry. He's not Saturday Night Live. That's that's (laughs) Keenan. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, So he's only on uh, Keenan and Kel. (laughs) Not on Saturday Night Live. Rachel Bilson. Oh, we love Rachel Bilson from the OC, Heart of Dixie. She's 40 today. She's 40. Damn. Can you believe she's 40? And in the other coming of age series that we all enjoyed is Gossip Girl, Blake Lively turns 34. That's birthdays today. Happy birthday. All right. All right. Well, Chachi, it looks like um, Alan Maldonado will probably have to reschedule with us here on BTB, but that's okay. Supposedly, uh, he is stuck on set and thought he would be able to escape at the time, but now is not able to. Um, We're going to close tonight with our, uh, just starting with some exclusive in from Below the Belt show, and click on this show. 
our first in-person interviews. Can you believe we did in-person Perhaps. interviews, Shachi? Yes, so excited about that. You talked to somebody, a nice lady from the Fox Foundation with uh, the custom DeLorean that's raising money for Parkinson's. Um, we also um, talked to Wes Johnson, um, an actor, DC icon, because he's the voice of the Washington Capitals. He's also going to be in the upcoming movie Don't Look Up with Leo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence. Got to talk to him in a great interview. That's those interviews coming up and more from AwesomeCon in the upcoming weeks, guys. On behalf of myself, Chachi McFly, we'll see you guys next week. Chachi's anniversary next week. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Peace. So on behalf of Chachi McFly, myself, thank you so much to everybody. We'll see you next week. Until then. Peace. All right. This is our first interview at AwesomeCon, guys, here in Washington, D.C., with Washington, D.C.'s own Wes Johnson. Wes, hey. isn't it great to have the Comic-Cons back, first of all? First of all, yeah, it is. It's wonderful. I mean, look at all these folks here. You, you've been, we've all been locked down for so long. Right. And as a voice actor, you're locked in a booth by yourself anyway. So it's right. just more of the same, only an extended version of it. To get out here and to meet people who spent a lot of that lockdown with you in the wastelands or in, in uh, Tamriel or running around with uh, Lucy and Lachance or Shea Gorath, it, it's kind of like old home week, you know? I love it. Now, with the, the lockdown and the pandemic, was voice acting affected at all? Well, there, I mean, the thing about voice acting, what it did change is that we are doing... Um, our voices from our homes, the home studios. Thought, yeah, exactly. We're not, you're not going out to studios anymore. You're not going right. out to meet people, but technology has become such that we can go yes. right into our own little booth in our home studio, record uh, something in LA and it be like we were right in the room with them. So right. it doesn't affect it. Uh, what it does affect, however, because of the pandemic is that many companies shut down and we're not working. Right. Now they're kind of back up again, and now that we've got a lot of social distancing and a lot of responsible uh, uh, caretaking in place, uh, keeping people in their home studios just makes sense. Absolutely. Well, what can we expect coming up in the voiceover world for you, Wes? Well, I mean, I'm always up for games. If anyone's out there, yes. Dawson Khan, who's looking to hire a voice, I'm right here. Um, you know, a lot of things that you can't talk about that are of course. there but maybe haven't happened yet. Uh, I've done some things uh, film-wise. There was like a little uh, pilot in uh, May, and of course, you and I met on the set of uh, Don't Look Up back uh, about yes. a month ago. And yeah. Let's go ahead and get into it. Don't Look Up. It's a huge Netflix film. My gosh, Leo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep, yes. Jennifer Lawrence, and Tyler Perry. Saying, wow, you were out filming that, Wes. Did, did, did you get to meet them? I said, oh, yeah. That, invited him back to my house. We made some cocktail weenies. <laughs> we're all fast friends now. We saw no one. And, and, and while we're out on the street, people are walking up going, Who, who's in film? And you tell them, they go, are they here? And you're like, no, it's just me. It's like, okay. <laughs> you know. That, that they don't want to have anything to do with you. There, you know, and who are you? You know, you don't know yeah. me. Yeah, I guess. Are we allowed to talk about your character? Uh, I'm, it's just my character is a don't look upper. That's basically it. It's a you don't look up. Uh, if you've seen any people being fanatical over the past year or so, I don't know if you have. Do you watch the news? Uh, basically, it's a <laughs> yeah. reflection of that kind of thing. Yes. And if you've seen if you've seen any of the clips of this, it's basically what happens when a giant catastrophe hits Earth in the middle of the environment where people deny that catastrophes are actually even happening. Wow. You know? Yeah. So 
uh, everything turns to politics, everything turns to personal gain, personal loss. Nobody's really thinking about the good of anybody. Uh, and that's why, you know, we're doomed. Yes. But I think funny I know. stuff like that. And like satire almost, I think. I feel it's kind of where it's going, right? A little bit, a little bit. I mean, it's directed by Adam McKay, written by Adam McKay. So, you know. Um, if you've seen The Big Short, you kind of know the yeah, style, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a serious topic, but it's treated uh, in a way that's very entertaining and with a lot of humor. All right. And if you could rem uh, remind us of your interesting character <laughs> in the John Waters movie, because I love it when you say it. Just, can I say the, the Yes, you can, you can actually say it. I was fat fuck Frank. <laughs> uh, at the time, I weighed about uh, 360 pounds, and I've lost about 200 pounds. So now yes. I have become fat fit Frank. So, yeah, it's a very different kind of thing. If John ever wanted to bring you back, that's your character. Well, I, I did see him at his Christmas show, nice. and I went up to him, and I said, I'm going to get a, I didn't let him know I was there. Mm -hmm. And I went up and got a copy of his book, and I just stood in line like everybody else because he hadn't seen me since I lost all the weight. Right. And I went up, and it's like, he's like, who should I make this out to? And I said, uh, can you sign that to Fat Fuck Frank? And he stopped, and he looked at me, and he goes, is that you? <laughs> and then, of course, he had to ask whether I lost yeah. the weight on purpose yes i did so it was a good thing we had a, a lovely chat he's a, he's a really really nice guy wow can you tell us the secret of your, your weight loss regimen uh well i mean there are a couple things one i did have the uh, gastric bypass but a lot of people think that's a magic bullet it is not oh. it's basically just a tool because you have to diet change your entire uh nutrition yes. you have to change uh exercise routines you go for about two or three months without eating one lick of solid food, and then you start soft. It's retraining your entire body. And then you learn how to eat again. And I'm, I can eat anything I want, but I'm just doing it with much more moderation at right. this point. Um, I will say this. I started getting you know, those premier protein things. I get those, like 30 grams protein, four oh. carbs, one gram of sugar, and I mix it with a cup of coffee, and it's a beautiful thing. It's a, you know, a lovely day. Okay. Well, there you go. You heard it from Fat Frank himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go the former Fat Frank. Yeah. Go ahead and get yourself some more protein, kids. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Wes, before we let you go, if you could let us know who you are. Let us know you're on. We've got two shows. We're cross-showing tonight. Below the Belt Show and click on this show. Oh, okay. All right. Hi, I'm Wes Johnson, and this is Click on This Show. Do it. Do it. And also, Below the Belt Show. Hi, I'm Wes Johnson, and this is the Below the Belt Show. Hold on one sec. <laughs> yeah, looking good. <laughs> that was great, man. I love that. Tremendous, man. Wes, this is it. congratulations on Don't Look On, man. Oh, great. thanks. Uh, yeah, you hey, guys, this is Chachi McFly here at Awesome Con. And I'm here with Terry from Team Fox. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thanks for stopping by. So can you tell me about this whole setup here? I mean, this is pretty much amazing. Yeah. I want to live here. Like, I think it's everything that I love in my life. I'm the huge, you know, biggest Back to the Future fan. So um, how did this all get started? Well, my husband had an idea to make a time machine out of a DeLorean, and he did. And what do you do with it when you have one? Will you do something good? We fundraise for the Michael J. Fox Foundation around the world. We traveled to 28 countries, over 800,000 miles, and over $800,000 raised. Who knows? Maybe Awesome Con will get us to a million. So what year was this when you actually started on the DeLorean? 2001. So okay. we're 20 years in, and the car is 40 years old. May I ask, like, how much did it cost to put together 
all of this. Every penny we have and a little bit more. <laughs> so we just big fans of the movie, is that how it got started? It is, we're great fans of the movie, admirers of Michael and Christopher and the whole cast. And who doesn't love Back to the Future and who didn't want, I guess when you were a kid, a time machine of your very own. Oh, Dreams come true. I still want one, even today <laughs> as an adult. <laughs> well, well said. So um, I'm sure you had many interactions with Michael J. Fox. Um, how has he been with, throughout all of this? Well, I haven't seen him on this trip, but I know that he's happy to be here. I've seen his photos. He seems to be having a great time. He's a prince of a guy. He's smarter, cleverer, funnier, and he's got a better memory than I do. He remembers my name. So how much money have you raised for um, his foundation over the years? Any idea? Over $800,000. Wow, really? $800,000. That's amazing. Yes. About as many miles as we've driven, so it's kind of like a marathon. <laughs> Has there been any kind of like progress in the fight against Parkinson's? I know we're all we're all praying for him to get through all this, get get back to 100%. Is there any? Well, I'm not a scientist, yeah. but what I know from reading and keeping up with the foundation is that there is still not a cure, so we're working hard to find that. But there are medicines and exercise programs and different things that they offer folks to help them manage the illness as best they can. It's so great to see Michael fighting through this, still working, still doing great acting gigs. Um, yeah, I think if you have a hero, he's one of them. He's the best. I definitely agree on that. So, um, have you done anything else with Back to the Future? Any other kind of like replicas or like, you know, like Marty's truck or anything? Or like. Well, any we uh, call our car a convertible because she can be the car you see the first time you see it in the movie. So, when she's coming off the truck, or she can be the second vehicle where you have the Mr. Fusion, which is her pose right now. Okay. We have the lightning hook and we have the entire part three gear. So we can put her on train tracks with the train wheels. Oh, wow. We can have the 50s wheels and we just have a blast with the car. I think I'm in love. Like it's amazing. <laughs> so what else can you um, buy here? Like um, through well, all our souvenirs, everything that you see are, are donated to us to be able to raise funds. So whatever you purchase here or the photos you take are all going to find a cure for Parkinson's. Oh, awesome. And have you personally driven the DeLorean? And if so, how fast have you driven it? Well, yes. And you know when you get to 88 miles per hour, what happens? Yeah. You get a ticket. So we try not to go that fast. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, for great cause, if you see um, you at any Comic-Cons, what, what Comic-Cons do you have coming up that people can visit you? You know, this is the first one in 20 months, so I'm not sure what's coming up next, but you can find us at tothefuture.org and follow Oliver and I on Facebook or Twitter and uh, come on along for the ride. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye.